This episode was pretty cool. It was with Mike Dola, the founder and CEO of Stronger You Nutrition. Um, some fun facts for, for him is in the, the minutes leading up to our interview, I think he was just waiting for me to get ready. I was making some coffee. But as I was doing so, he likes to interact on his Instagram and his cat was putting his butt on his head. And like it just didn't matter what he was talking about. The cat was in there putting his butt on his head. So, I mean, he's a very real dude. He's not afraid to show you what goes on behind the scenes. Um, he's opened up a big spot in his heart for his cat. Uh, and just a good guy to talk to with a lot of wisdom. So it doesn't matter what you do for work or where you're at in life. I think you'll get something from this conversation. So, here we go. Welcome to the Lifestyle Chase, Season 2. This podcast features high performers who have found a way to live their best life while balancing their health, wellness, friends, and family. I'm your host, Chris Little. Let's get started. The Lifestyle Chase is brought to you by Yeg Fitness. Yeg Fitness is Edmonton, Alberta, Canada's healthy lifestyle community, creating and supporting active living for all. Check them out online at yegfitness.ca and on social media at Yeg Fitness. So, welcome to episode 78 of the Lifestyle Chase. I am joined by the one and only Mike Dola. How are you doing this morning? Good, man. What's going on? I'm doing well. I, I'm i good myself as well. I, I made a smoothie, made a coffee. What was your breakfast this morning? I actually had, so this is kind of crazy, and I think I invented it, but I'm not sure. I make um, overnight oats, but I put butterscotch pudding in it. And it tastes like butterscotch protein cold oats. It's so good, man. I love it. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And have coffee. You ever, have you ever tried mixing like chia seeds into that or anything? No, I actually purchased chia seeds once with the best intentions, but I never used them or ate them. I tried them in scrambled oh. eggs once and I just found it like it's it's bizarre, I know that, and it makes the eggs a little bit crunchier, but like when you're trying to yeah. like hit a certain protein target by a certain hour, that certainly makes life a lot easier. And I yeah, just yeah. that's my my special magic trick. Now it's now it's out in the public, everybody's going to know. <laughs> yeah, no, I never I have put um psyllium husk in things like oats and pudding and stuff like that to get more fiber, but I haven't really messed with the chia seeds much. They're still in my cabinet. And, they don't nice. look like they're a food that goes bad. So. Yeah, they last a while. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I'm curious. Who are three people that you look up to? Oh, my God. Uh, let's see. I would say um, in anywhere, right? Not yep. just fitness. Anywhere. I would, say, I would say Jeff Bezos for what he did with Amazon. Um, I want to say Elon Musk. Um, and then who's like the most generous person in the world? I don't know that person, someone that actually isn't just about building a business, but about giving back and making the world a better place. I just can't pinpoint who that person is. That's fair. That's a good answer. So I was, uh, doing a little bit of research cause like, you know, when you have somebody that's on your podcast, you want to kind of check out the other podcasts that they've been on. And I've mm-hmm. obviously listened to the ones on the fitness devil. Um, then I checked out another one. I can't remember. It might have been um, Jeb's podcast or something like that. But it was yep. you yep. talked about how your marketing strategy would be potentially like putting a hundred thousand into like a road trip across the country. Um, yeah. What kind of towns would you go to if you did that? And would you keep it to just United States? Would you go to Canada? Would you go overseas, what would you do? So my uh, little backstory, I like, I like guerrilla marketing. I don't, I'm not a huge fan of like traditional, like let me just put a billboard and get attention type marketing. Um, I like to think of our marketing as like taking care of someone in the process of building brand awareness. So my idea was uh, probably over a few beers was if I took $100,000, got in a van, drove around the country, uh, taught people how to grocery shop, paid for their groceries, and just tried to like document the whole thing. Uh, so I'd probably go to places where our members 
are, which is fortunately pretty much everywhere now in the country and in many other countries too. But I would just try to take care of them, give back to the people that gave to us, that, that literally built this thing for us. Yeah, I really like that. Like that kind of resonated with me because I think a lot of times things get overcomplicated and we forget to like take care of people first. Like it's yeah. kind of like for me as a personal trainer, it doesn't matter so much how many clients I want to have. It's it's worrying about the clients that I do have and making sure that their experience is everything that it could be. Like they might not be getting the training session that they want, whether I think they are or not. So like right. I'll ask more questions and stuff. But for you, like let's go back to the the time in your life when you hadn't quit your old job but you had this plethora of clients how would you talk to them and know that they were getting the experience that you wanted them to have what kind of questions would you ask them so i would i would always make sure that um as as wrong as this sounds that they were taken care of well before my current job because i was like man i was i did a great job at my old job but i was not completely into it um, so I was super hyper focused on my clients around me and I don't know if I was that good at that at the time of asking what they need as I am now. Um, but I would just kind of give them what I thought I would want if I was in their shoes and I wouldn't look at it as if I was the person that I was helping because my, uh, food abilities and my goals are different than the people I'm working with. What I would do is try to put their hat on and think of what I would want from a coach if I was them. And a lot of times that was the complete opposite of who I was. I was a young 30-something-year-old dude who was in decent shape. And most of my clients were women in their 40s that were sick of dieting that just wanted to get out of the rat race. So I had to think about what is it like to be that person. And it's not always easy, but... Um, I think it came kind of naturally because of my past and my other jobs in the service business and banking and human resources. I kind of knew what, um, how to read people and find out what they wanted. I like it. So on this podcast, I talk a lot about core values. I'm kind of a bit of a hippy dippy dude, but it's just, uh, I find when a person is doing things that sort of align with like, say four things that are very most important to them then they tend to be the most successful that they can be and the happiest that they can be. And I'm a big advocate for like doing a job that you love and feeling fulfilled regardless of the money, regardless of all that stuff, just like having a purpose in life. Um, so based on core values, try to reflect on yours. And I want you to tell me about the job of all the jobs that you had that was furthest away from what you deemed to be, to be most important in life. I think when I was um, branch manager at one of the banks I used to work in, it was all about just making money, um, borderline misleading people, um, trying to push products on people that they didn't need but were masked as a need for people. Uh, for example, they would try to convince us to sell credit cards to every 18-year-old that walked in the building. Um, try to get the elderly on online banking when they didn't have access to a computer. And it was just like, this is just not who I am. It's not what I want to do every day. Um, it seemed wrong to me to try to get, you know, especially an 18 year old in credit card debt just to make some ridiculous goal for our region. And I was just like, man, this is, this is not what I want to be about. Yeah. I like that. What, how old were you when you had that job? Uh, I was probably like 26. 27. So what was life like for you then in comparison to how it is for you now? I was lost, man. I didn't know what the hell I wanted to do. Um, I knew I wanted to do something a little more important. I wanted to be proud of the work I did. I wanted to be financially free, um, but that wasn't necessarily the goal. Um, I was, dude, it took me a while to get my crap together. Did that version of you ever foresee working in any kind of the fitness wellness space? So no, I, I got back into it. Like when I was young, I was really into it. And then I like kind of just did stuff in passing. And then when I was probably like 26 or 27, right around that time, I got really more involved in it as a hobby and for my own well-being. And I did start to think about like, could this ever be a job? I didn't know what that job was going to be. 
but I had a lot of different thoughts. Where I ended up was definitely not what I thought I would be doing. Yeah, I like that. When we were talking about people that you looked up to, you highlighted uh, Jeff Bezos. So that's that's the yep. Amazon guy, right? Yep. Okay. So the one thing that I've seen in Amazon is like they get bigger, they get bigger, they get bigger, and they get this uh, reputation for like not really caring about everybody that's within the circle. And I'll preface this by saying that I think Stronger You does a great job about caring. But I want to know from you... What what is it that's going to make you better than Amazon? In like a Jeez. logistics. I mean, <laughs> so that that's a that's a tough one because I'll say I don't think we could ever beat someone with the resources like that in um, almost anything other than the connection with our client on a one to one basis. I don't think there's uh, many businesses out there. I know there's no businesses in our space that are as close to their customers as us. That's a good way to put it. I think that's important. Like, I'm glad you didn't go down the rabbit hole of like, oh, well, you know, like they make more money and all this stuff. Like it, it shows a lot about a person's character in the things that they focus in. Um, One thing that's been sort of a theme for me is just like getting better at connecting with people. Like that's what I love about podcasts is it basically, it, blocks in time in your life to actually just sit down in front of somebody and like genuinely talk about things that they care about explain about things that you care about and i think that's something that's lacking in today's world like sometimes i worry that that is why um well that's why it's so so lucrative in the fitness industry because there are so many people that like almost crave that that communication and then so many people that can't do it if you could yeah. give somebody three pieces of advice on how to communicate better with anybody in their life, whether it's somebody that they're coaching or just somebody that they live with or somebody that they see on the street, what are three pieces of advice that you would give them? Um, I would say ask more questions than uh, you give advice. Um, I would say listen to people dis- or have a conversation distraction-free. So like when you're talking to someone, don't have like 50 million tabs opened. Uh, if you're texting someone while you're having a conversation with someone, that's not a good thing. Um, and the last thing is follow up. I think a lot of people have good conversations and then they never speak of it again. You can touch base with people. You can reach out again. Uh, you can go deeper on certain things. Like I'm pretty sure this is not the last time we're going to talk. And that's cool. Like we're going to make a friendship here, you know. Um, that's one of my favorite things is talking to people about stuff like it's doesn't happen enough really yeah i agree we're on the same page there so now we're gonna segue to your cat because i'm weird like that what's your favorite thing about your cat um man i i think how she a lot of times chooses to lay on my leg when we're in bed over my wife's leg it shows (laughs) like at the at the end of the day she comes to me (laughs) so like how how did your cat get introduced into your life? So it was Krista's, my wife's cat. Um, so when I met her, she had a cat. And I was not a fan of cats previously. And it took me a while to warm up to this cat because she's a little pain in the butt. She is not a cat that you can just pet when you want. And there's only certain like angles you can come at her with or times of the day when you can pet her where she won't try to scratch or bite you. Um, so it took a while to warm up to her, but or for me, or her to warm up to me, I should say. Yeah. That was the new guy. <laughs> that, that's awesome, and it's just it's it's funny because like I can totally twist this and be like, well, I bet your cat made you a better coach, but it's true. Like, uh, yeah. doesn't doesn't matter if uh, people are paying us to to coach them or train them. Like they're going to have little things Like you can only talk to them at certain times. You can only talk to them about certain things. And it's just like the more you get to know the cat, the better you are for the cat. I did a blog on uh, things the cat taught me, like how to be a better eater. Like it's, it was kind of a joke, but it was dead serious. Like watching how animals interact with food, you're going to learn stuff as an eater. So, yeah, yeah, I can get on that. I can get on that page. Like that that totally makes sense. I always tell people like doesn't matter who you meet, you can always learn something from them. 
And honestly, when we're out here, like, everybody has their dogs and their cats, and that's truly, like, a family member. Um, you can learn things from dogs and cats, too. Yeah. So, I have a theory that I've been running by a lot of people. I think it started off, I was talking to Dean Somerset about it, and it's basically, do you think dogs could elicit a personal best in the gym? And then the, the case study would be this. It's like, you go to the gym, you don't know whether there's a dog or not, and you go to lift. And then you do another lift, and you don't know whether there's a dog or not, but there is a dog, and you go to lift. Um, do you think that second lift with the dog with proper like recovery time would be a, a more successful lift based on the dog's presence or not? I think probably yes, as long as the dog is tied up and there's no chance it would run under the barbell while you're lifting. Yeah, I like that. Um, I think it would relax the person and it would make them a little happier. I agree. I agree. One day... I, I think this study is hilarious. I think we should figure <laughs> it out. One day I'm going to be bringing it up to enough people that there'll be like a big, like proper, proper study done. Maybe at the next yeah. uh, Evolve Symposium or something. Yeah, um, yeah. If they're like, they're going to be putting that on for next year. Are you coming up to Edmonton for that? I really want to. I told Andrew I'm going to try to do it. I'm pretty sure as long as I get the date, I'll just hold it and I'll, I'll be there. Good, good. So my next question for you on the topic of... Uh, seminars or symposiums or conferences what is the very first fitness uh, summit or conference that you went to I I want to say it was an RP seminar in Brooklyn maybe I don't remember that was like a it was a pretty small one it was um, probably like 30 people when I went there but the first big one I think was the Kansas City Fitness Summit and maybe 2017 I want to say yeah so what was we'll go back to the RP one what was that one like for you like what was the experience like who were like two people that really like made an impression on you two people that were not presenters so I honestly like I was so into the seminar that I didn't even really pay attention to anyone else there so I don't remember anyone else that I really met there um, other ones I do, but not that one. That's kind of someone cool. was there that remembers me. I'm gonna feel like a jerk. <laughs> but it's <laughs> it's interesting to reflect on that because, like, from what I know of you, I feel like you'd be the complete opposite now. Going to seminars, like, I feel like you'd definitely value the the content out there, but you'd yeah, be yeah. more about connecting with people. So yeah, I think my knowledge then was was a lot more raw, and I was trying to get as much info as possible. Now I'm like all about like finding people and meeting people and stuff like that. Totally. With your first Kansas City, Kansas City uh, Fitness Summit, who were three people that stood out to you there? Uh, Derek Stanley. He's now on our team. Um, Andrew Coates, who I think is just like super personable dude. And Mark Fisher. Nice. That's awesome. It's cool because like... I went to the Kansas City Fitness Summit with, with Andrew this past year, and like I was so nervous because like I basically I saved all the money that I had to be able to afford to go. Like I yep. was in my first year of being self-employed under the Evolve umbrella, and just every bit of spare money I had went to continu continuing education. And I basically asked like it was my birthday in February. The summit was I think in like May or something, and I asked my parents for like money for my birthday to pay for the plane ticket yep. so i got there and i was broke and i was like my goodness i cannot be paying for ubers for anything and then derek was walking <laughs> around and he was like anybody need a ride i'm like oh yes yes i need a ride yeah, and like, Derek's awesome, i i bummed a mm -hmm. ride from him so many times and that was honestly the highlight because like just the group that we had in there was such yep. a like good humans good group good vibes always like That's positive yeah and yeah, uh there's, there's 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 some really good people in this business it's yeah like and you can't say it enough but on the same side there's some pretty like dark shady people yeah those people i just remove from my life you know I, I make jokes about it on instagram and talk about all that stuff but uh yeah there's a lot of people out there that 
they don't know yet that you could make a living being a good person in this business. And yeah. that's like, I think what I'm most proud of is like, we didn't have to bullshit anybody. We didn't lie to anybody. We didn't steal. We didn't backstab. We don't even do any kind of like manipulation with marketing. It's just like, here's what we do. You want it? Cool. Let's do it. I think that's one of my favorite things about the marketing because like, for me, I get really frustrated when there's something that it almost manipulates you into going into their thing and then you're stuck and then you're getting all these emails and it's just like, you yeah. never even said, yes, I want this service. It's just all of a sudden you're getting all these things and all these offers and stuff. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> What's been your most fulfilling guerrilla marketing endeavor? And we're talking about like going into somewhere that's just like right in front of you. like. Um, for example, maybe there's an office that's just a block away from you. Can you reflect on one? Um, I think uh, probably when I go to a local coffee shop, I leave 20 to $50 with the cashier and just tell them the guy in the corner paid for their coffee. And I just have my, um, my computer up with my laptop skin. And I'm also strategically placed by the bathroom because I know in coffee shops, since it runs through you, a lot of people go back and forth to the bathroom, and I, I'm in, like, the prime location. That's smart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you got another example? Keep them coming. Give me two more. Um, I, yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I leave business cards on planes. Uh, I put, like, a $5 bill in the menu and our business card and say, like, lunch on us or snacks on us. Um. What else? God, I have a bunch. I just got um, I just got interviewed about some of this stuff the other day, and I'm like blanking out. Um, I've done business cards on Halloween candy. I've left business cards outside of bowls of Halloween candy. Um, I become the dude in certain Facebook groups that are completely unrelated to nutrition, uh, but I become the dude that knows nutrition. So whenever it comes up, people tag me, and I'll ask or answer questions. So I think it's just about being in front of the right people at the right time. Yeah, agreed. And Without being a sleazeball. Well, totally. Well, like, I mean, yeah. like, there's so many people that'll, like, just, they'll hop into the Precision Nutrition Group and they'll start soliciting business or something. It's like, come on, like, get out of here. That's weird. It's just, <laughs> I mean, I've seen people promote their, they're like, I have a an app I built to coach people. Does anyone want to use it? I'm like, Precision Nutrition has one. Like, you yeah. can't do that. That's not okay. Too funny. Too funny. Yeah. So my next question for you is, um, during your time, like, let's say mid-20s, oh, my screen just did something weird. Are you still there? I, I hear you, yeah. I still hear you loud and clear. Okay. Well, hopefully my screen doesn't, uh, hopefully it fixes itself. In your 20s, 30s, there is probably a few, like, uphill battles when it comes to just, like, staying afloat, making the finances that you needed to make, were there any moments where you just kind of like doubted yourself and was like, how am I going to make this happen? Yeah, well, I got, so everyone knows of this mic, right? The one that has Stronger You and everything's cool. But when I started, I got my start in training people out of my garage. So when I was probably 26, 27, getting really back into this stuff and thinking, how can I make this a job? I didn't default to nutrition coaching. I don't even know if that was like really a thing, right? But I was like, all right, I'll just train people. I'll buy a bunch of equipment. I'll paint my walls orange. I'll affiliate with CrossFit. Uh, I'll try to, you know, if you build it, they will come, right? Well, a year later, I'm in not a ton of debt, but think of like enough equipment so six people could train at once. Uh, so a decent amount of stuff and nobody gave a crap, right? So. I was in debt, I was trying to make it bigger, but I couldn't because I was in a cold, dirty garage and I had to stop. I was like, nope, I can't do this anymore. I'm gonna transition to online nutrition. So for probably 13, 14 months, I was like struggling with that, but I still had my full-time job. So it was still a side gig, right? It was just me trying to replace one thing for another and it didn't really work out thankfully now that makes sense um what was the last job that you held before you jumped and did stronger you full-time 
Uh, I was in human resources. I worked for a company called J&D UltraCare. We staffed nurses in homes of medically fragile children. So I was in like the HR world, payroll, benefits, um, interviewing, stuff like that. What was the toughest day of work that you had in doing that job? Um, probably when I screwed up payroll and people couldn't contribute to their 401ks and I know it impacted their retirement accounts. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but I mean, there were, there were days there that were, and I think that business built my sense of urgency that ultimately helped us develop our systems at Stronger You because there were certain times where someone had to be on call and if the phone rang, we had to connect uh, our nurses with the medical supervisors if something was going on. So, I mean, there were times where people uh, passed away. There were times where there were medical emergencies and it was like I was the first one to be notified of some of that stuff. So what did that teach you about the the sensitivities to have as the leader of a company? Like, like say one of one of your staff has a client that had something happen but you still want to be connected to that how how do you make that or implement that to happen just have the right channels in place so have have a plan in place where if something goes on um and we're in a completely different world now right so like our emergency is not what the, those emergencies want now now or were now it's like hey this is going on can i speak to someone cool here's the channels we go down you talk to this person when this happens, you talk to that person when that happens, and we don't make people wait. So we're big on response time, and that, I think, is what um, my old job built for us now. Yeah, makes sense. I like that. Um, you travel a lot. Where yeah. are the three coolest places that you've been to ever? Uh, Iceland, Hawaii. Uh, let me think here. What's the third one? I don't know. Maybe Costa Rica. Ooh. I don't know. There's so many cool places. I like those places. What was your favorite yeah. thing about Costa Rica? I think that just the so we were in three different places and it was like three different, completely different uh, environments. It was like jungle. One was beach. One was mountains. So it was super different, super unique. How did the nutrition in Costa Rica differ from the nutrition in like areas that you frequent more often? So I, I think it's better. I yeah. think they're more focused on like nutrient dense whole foods, lots of fruits and vegetables, lots of local cuisine. Uh, most other places are like, you know, in America especially, it's just like here, eat this, like medicate with food, enjoy. Yeah, like I completely agree with that. I did some backpacking in Costa Rica for like two weeks and it was three years ago or so. And yeah. it was just to sort of like see how when you reduce the options and just make it more simple, it's a lot easier for people to be successful with it. That's with, it, man. It's the options. The options here kill us. There's yeah. too much opportunity to fail. And that everything we do is about reducing the opportunity to fail. Well, and... It's also with, uh, like, when you're coaching somebody, a lot of people almost make it too complicated. Like, yeah. I had this great conversation with Dean Guido, and he he and I were talking about, like, the amount of protein that I eat in a day, and mm -hmm. then the conclusion was basically that I should probably eat some more protein, and then I ate some more protein, and then I started looking really strong, and all my lifts increased, and I was like, well, shit, <laughs> that was really simple. We didn't have to... Right overcomplicated and I think that's not being done enough like like just the simple fact of like maybe maybe you don't have to focus on like all the macros per se but just like right. find one thing that they can focus on and see if they succeed or not because like what do you have to lose you have nothing to lose and they're more likely to actually just nail it which is awesome right I had a post today in our group about you know what the program really is and I simplified it so much that I reduced it to uh, the program is eat the right amount of food, but trying to do that is what we're fixing. So, and I said this on their podcast, but like we didn't sell calorie counting. We sold how to calorie count. We're getting people to do the things that actually matter that they could never do before 
by finding their personal challenges and fixing those things. I like it. So then tell me about Iceland. What did you like about that? Dude, it was like, it was just like another planet, man. It was seeing the Northern lights, seeing the volcanoes and the, and the glaciers and all that stuff was amazing. The food was terrible there. Um, <laughs> not, not like junk food, but just like not that great of, of cuisine. Um, but yeah, man, it was super cool there. Not as cold as you'd think either. It was, we were there in February and it was, um, a few years back and it was like the 30 it was in the 30s it was colder in new york than it was there i like it um have you ever seen game of thrones yep love so, it except like the last episode yeah no kidding <laughs> you know the mountain so that yep. great big oh, guy yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so right. i interviewed his videographer he's actually uh local to, to edmonton but he he dm'd the mountain or uh half thor and he just was like, hey, uh, I want to collab. And then half the was like, yeah, let's do it. And just flew him up. And then now he cool. does his personal videography, which is pretty cool. Because then not only did he just like try for the job, like he just he was like, I'm just going to ask him if, if he wants to collab. And the dude was like, yeah, for sure. But also the amount that he's been able to to grow as a person from being in that, that space that is totally out of his comfort zone. Like like you, he would be very unused to all the food up there. Yeah. And it's totally, like, it's a very different culture, a very warm, welcoming culture, but different. Mm -hmm. And then uh, just kind of, like, that feeling of, slight feeling of isolation sort of thing. Like, it gets, I think socially it can be a lot quieter if you aren't connected with the people in your community. Yeah. But, uh... 300,000 people or so on the island and 200 live in the big city. Yeah. Reykjavik. So it is, it's desolate, man. You're, you're out there driving around and it's like, there is nobody here. And our, it's, this is actually funny talking about community. Our tour bus ran out of gas. Um, and the dude like just saw some random person that he knew that could push the truck with their truck. Or the bus with their bus. I'm like, this guy knows some random guy that just passed us on the highway. That's small town living. Well, I think that's that's the way to be. Like, even within a big city, I think it's good to have these, like, sub-communities. And I think you're kind of on the same page with that. Like, you advocate for your, your stronger you community. And you advocate for, like... Um, the importance of the little conversations in your day. Uh, if you, like, you know how you do your guerrilla marketing and you drop off your cards and stuff, but let's say you're making an impact through, like, a social impact and, like, helping other people to communicate better, but with with zero agenda. Like, it's not making you any money to make somebody talk to other, the other people better. How would you do that? What would your, like, strategy be for doing that? To inspire people to be better? Yeah, well, just to, like, to empower other people to get more out of life because they are better at communicating with people right in front of them. How would I encourage that? Um, man, I don't know. I guess maybe just lead by example. See how awesome it is. You know, I think a lot of people, especially online, are in their little shell. And what my best piece of advice for pretty much everyone online is get your ass offline. Stop thinking everything has to happen in this little bubble. Um, have real conversations. See what people are about. And just, you know, see if, again, without any, you know, uh, what's called quid pro quo, like, who cares if you get something out of it? You're meeting someone. Maybe exactly. one day you will. Exactly. So that's a great segue for the question that's been, like, on my mind. Because one time I was... I was on an interview with uh, somebody who's made a really good living on his podcast, but then he was on my podcast and I don't, I really don't make anything off of this podcast, but I probably spend like 20 to 30 hours a week because it's just something mm -hmm. I'm passionate about. Um, what is the thing that you spend the most time on that isn't your income and why do you spend your time on that thing? Like, What makes you passionate about that thing? I think Facebook in general or Instagram, 
Um, and some could argue it is my income because there are, you know, I constantly meet people and help people on there. But that's like, and that's where I think, you know, was our differentiator because I was, you know, talking back when I was 26, 27, I've been on in, uh, on Facebook interacting with people since, you know, some of these fitness professionals have been in like elementary school. You know what I mean? So I have that experience communicating online with people and connecting for ever. And it was just what I did back then. It wasn't because I thought I would have a job on that platform or that communicated on that platform. It's just what I always loved to do is then maybe it goes back to me being like a shy kid where I was, I was very timid speaking in front of people or, or groups or whatever. But online I felt like I could just say whatever the hell I wanted. And it opened me up to being, a little more outgoing. What is the most abrasive criticism you've ever gotten when it comes to stronger you? Like the stuff that actually kind of hurts your feelings. Um, man, you know what? Like there's every once in a while, someone is like, I could do that myself. I could just download my fitness pal and track food. And it's like, I have no problem saying, okay, like I, I totally get that. But if that was the thing that was going to help you, you would already be doing it. So why don't you come over here? We'll do it with you. Because all that is is a calculator, a, a food log. It's not adjusting. It's not managing. It's not helping in any way other than documenting the decisions that you choose to tell it, which are probably not what you're going to tell us when you actually have someone watching you. Yeah. Has anybody ever, like made you feel as though you're doing something that doesn't align with your core values like has anybody ever accused you of being like a faker or just being like like fake nice or anything like that uh, yeah so i've i've had some interesting situations where like people we have such passionate um members that when someone in a group or somewhere online will ask about stronger you we might have two, three, four, ten people say, stronger you, stronger you, stronger you. And they think that they're being paid or it's some kind of MLM. And we're like, no, man. Like, we, we just have such excited members that they want to tell you about their experience. They yeah. want because they feel everyone in our community. Like, I really think like too many, too many businesses are like customer versus corporate. And it's like this battle. We're just like one team and everyone just wants everyone to feel better. And that's like the thing that uh, no one could ever take from us. There's people out there that are like, oh, well, this person does what you do. Yes, they do nutritional coaching. That is the only similarity between them and us. Nobody has our community. No one has our coaches. No one has our culture. No one is taking this from us. And that's the thing that I, as you can probably tell, I'm so friggin' excited about because there are things like these automated apps and stuff where people can just plug in their info and get spit out numbers. And I'm like, numbers are not your problem. Humans and challenges and the right fit, that's what we provide. Well, I think that's good insight. Like if, if there was somebody that was listening to this, like honestly, it's funny with podcasts, like you never actually know who's listening to it. Like my mom yeah. and dad listen to every episode and that's about all the intel that I have. But it's like when, <laughs> when it comes to uh, just a business or a goal or a venture or anything like that, everybody gets all concerned about what everybody else is doing. And it's like, say yeah. I was selling shoes uh -huh. and my neighbor's selling shoes. I'm going to be like, well, how many shoes are they selling? And I'm, I could actually be more focused on like making sure the shoes that I sell are clean and they smell nice. And then everybody right. gets my nice smelling clean shoes and they're like, I'm going to get more of those. And then it doesn't really matter how many the other guy sells because mine always smell nicer and look cleaner. Yep. And it's just like that is something that very few people have like the patience to, to think of it that way because they just, they just want to sell more faster or they want to be better than the other person at a quicker rate. And it's just like you got to play the long game. Like I, I imagine yeah. there's plenty of businesses that were in the same like realm as you when you were starting off that you have outgrown over an extended period of time. 
can you reflect on a few like even if they were just like a fitness business and you're a nutrition business or maybe it's just with like the because there's stronger you fitness as well but like just just a company that kind of stands out to you that you've kind of crept past stealthily yeah i mean i don't want to name names or anything but there's there's quite a few out there that were like further along in the nutrition coaching game than when we started um and people would ask like hey what do you guys think uh stronger you versus them and i was like like they have all this other stuff that we don't have i'm just a dude that had a couple hundred clients like of course they're beyond us but then we just kind of crept right on by and um it's kind of cool to see that um they're still awesome i'll still reckon recommend them if if anybody asks i think there's like i always say and not to sound like um super pc but there's enough to go around right um we all are in a business that literally the entire world could benefit from there isn't a person you meet that couldn't benefit from fitness coaching or nutrition coaching so i don't care how many people are out there um just don't do dirty stuff don't try to poach people. Don't try to talk bad about people. Um, just be a good person. And if your yep. business, if, if you think your growth relies on you being a shitty person, you need to get the hell out of the business because it's going to eat you up. So true. Um, and I like that way of putting it. It's just like sometimes when you are focused with all of the right intentions, like things that are meaningful to you and you're – hypersensitive to what your surroundings are like you, you you might have like the horse blinders on for your goals but your goals are focused on the outcomes of the people around you um when when you do it that way like success kind of creeps on you like even with this podcast like i put up a post recently and it was like october 2018 i had like 200 listens and then mm -hmm. October 2019, I had 1,400 listens in that month. And it was just like, all I did was just talk to people each week. I didn't, right. I didn't push it too, too hard. But it's just like somebody listens and they're like, oh, this, this seems genuine. I like this. I will listen again. And then the next week you get somebody else. And you get somebody else. You get somebody else. And it's just like, it's not about being better than anybody else. It's just kind of like putting out something genuine each week. Right. So just... Keep working hard and putting it out there. Oh, yeah. If, it, if it's good, people will keep consuming. My next question for you is, in the last seven days, what is one thing that you've done that brought you the most joy, made you the most happy? Hmm. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I think preparing for this uh, Stronger You Staff Summit. So every year now, this is going to be the second one, we get the staff together in one location for like three days. We hang out, uh, we mingle, we do meetings, and then we do like a fun event. So just, I think, planning some of that stuff. And fortunately, our team is so good at planning most of it. I just had to put a lot of finishing touches on. But I think that's what has given me the most joy, that we're going to be in a room with 50-plus people who are who have jobs because of this silly idea I had yeah what was the moment that uh, kind of inspired or made you think this is something that you needed to happen every year um I think well I want I remember we were in Las Vegas uh, a couple years back we did um, we spoke at the NBA refs um, association meeting and we had a bunch of our coaches around just because we were going to like hang out. And I was like, man, we need to do this like a more formal thing. And then it happened. And then I was like, this is so awesome. Because working online, you, you connect, but you don't get that like human element that you do when you're in person. So just being able to connect with everyone that, that works here is, is what I just need more of. And I can't wait to see everybody this, this week. I think that's important to promote. Like, uh, yeah, like Movember is here, so that's why I have this uh, greasy yep. stash going on. But <laughs> it's like people, people are connected. They're networking. They're they've got six thousand friends. They've got a hundred thousand followers. But it's just it is really really important to go out of your way yeah. to be right in front of a person and to like yeah. share the share space and all that stuff. 
So then my next question for you is on the topic of this summit, what is like, how do you decide that something is fun or not? Is it based on you or is it based on somebody else? So we actually, the first year we just kind of like won it. We were just like, all right, this is what we're going to do. But then as soon as we got back, we put out a survey, asked like what they thought, what they want better, uh, where they might want to go. So we actually measured <laughs> the the happiness or the satisfaction so we could make it better. What was the weirdest feedback that you got in that survey? <laughs> um, pick somewhere that isn't far from an airport. I guess <laughs> someone, someone didn't like... Uh, how long it took to get from Phoenix to Sedona last year. That's awesome. So we're, we're in Orlando this year, so it should probably be like 15 minutes. <laughs> what was the most, like, uh, I guess, heartwarming feedback that you got from that survey? I, I think the, the connection everyone made, like, because we all kind of know each other, right? We see each other online all the time. We talk all the time, but being in the same room and, like, when someone is, like, uh, my conversation with that dude completely made me a, a better coach because I really think that, you know, a lot of people ask like who inspires you in the industry, the people that inspire me are working here. Those are the smartest people and the most experienced people I've ever come across. And I say this and I don't, I don't know if it's true, but I think it is. I don't think there's another team out there that has as much experience working with real people as we do. You know, it's, it's amazing to think like, and I'm going to tell them when I see them and I do my little spiel at the meeting, there isn't a room in the world that knows what these people know. Like that's, that's powerful shit. Well, and I mean, like think of it from their perspective, like for them to hear that with like just unwavering confidence, it's just like when you're a personal trainer and you're with your client, you're like, you're going to freaking lift this. Like, I don't, I don't know what you think, but I think you're going to lift this <laughs> and they're probably yep. going to lift it. And so when they have somebody in a leadership role and they're like, this is the best damn group that I could ever assemble. And you're all here. And I'm just really happy that you've come together. Like, like it's true, but yep. also for them to hear it, like, how often do people actually like open their mouth and say that to people like that is, that is important. Like it's kind of like uh, with, with my clients, I've asked them like, what was the favorite part about their session? And they're pretty good at communicating with me. One of them was like, when you were like, woo, after I did the sled push, yeah. <laughs> that was my favorite part. And I was like, oh, okay. And then, so like I make a mental note and after each sled push, like if I'm feeling it, I make sure to vocalize it off. If I'm like pumped that, yep. Like a Ukrainian dancer just pushed 680 pounds across the turf. Like I'm going to be like, hell yeah. And everybody's yeah, going right. to hear it. Yep. But like, dude, I can't wait, man. I'm so, I can't wait. Yeah. So I'll, I'll give you like two more questions and then I'll set you free to be out in the wild. But my, my second last question <laughs> is, um, what's the toughest public speaking events you've ever done like you it's just you speaking you have no support there's nobody that's going to take over the mic it's just you talking about what you're passionate about um so i haven't really done a lot other than just like nutrition seminars which are mostly members and people i kind of know um i think one was i met at a, it was a little networking group locally um a, a bunch of women got together, formed a networking group and wanted someone to speak about social media stuff. So I had to show up and talk about things that I thought I knew. Um, I didn't really prepare much because I wanted it to just flow. And once I got going, I was like, man, this is cool. So I think just like anything, the hardest thing is starting. But once you get going, you're going to be fine. Like yeah. I'm, I'm a little nervous about talking in front of our group uh, this coming week. But I'm like, man, once I get like three sentences in and I get all excited, it's just going to flow. Just like these. Like I still get nervous before podcasts. I'm like, what am I going to say? What if I say something stupid? Am I going to embarrass myself? Like, no, you're probably not going to. Everything's going to be fine. Totally. And it's funny because like this is the first time that my screens ever went black for like three minutes. <laughs> but then it came back. So that was really nice when it came back. I was like, man, mm -hmm. it's still recording. We're yeah. still good. I can still hear him. It's good. So yeah. – my very last question, and this is something that I'll, like, I usually compile this all together, get all the episodes put together and put some beautiful music behind, so make sure it's the best advice that you have. The question is, <laughs> if you could give 
one piece of advice on how to live your life most authentically to the fullest, what would that piece of advice be? Um, give more than you get. I think with no expectation of anything coming in return. I think too many people in this world live uh, almost like an accidental selfish life. They take care of themselves only and they don't look at giving back to certain people that help them along the way. That's great. Like that, that is an important sentiment to leave people with because some people are scared to give too much. They're scared that they're just going to like empty their cup because they're trying to like uplift others. But like, it doesn't really happen that way. Like when you're genuine and when things are like, well, they're, when they're heartfelt and they're done with intention, like you're going to get that back one way or another. So people need to stop being so scared. Um, Mm -hmm. I want to thank you again for, for taking all this time to, to shoot the shit with me. Um, Dude, anytime, man. I have sweet. a good time doing these things. That's awesome. So I will let you go. We'll close off this episode. Cool. Thanks, man. You bet. All right. Thank you for listening. Now, I got to ask really, 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 really nicely because I'm so, so close. To 10,000 listens. So, 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 so close. I think I need about 140 more listens and then I've done it. And, you know, I'm a pretty nice guy. I, uh, you know, like I, I deserve some nice things. So please, if you have a friend and you can get them to just download 20 episodes, even if they listen to them later, let's do this. Let's get that 10,000. Come on, let's do this. Let's go. If I motivated you, uh, thank goodness, because I'm running out of ideas. Like, I only have one mom, one dad, and that's, like, two listens per episode. So, like, I either need more moms and dads, or uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. Maybe I'll get a bot to listen to these. But thank you for the support. It, honestly, every episode is pretty heartfelt. I talk about things that matter to me. I try to talk about things that matter to my guests. And it's just just trying to put out some good vibes. So... Thank you for your support, and we'll catch you on the next one.